Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Chads? GM. Chads and Foxes and Thor Foxes. GM, GM. Welcome, Foxes. Hey, guys. I meant Chad as, Chad's as in Chad Thoreau and Chad B, but, you know, that works, too. All Chad. <laughs> Everybody else. All Chad's here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> GM, thanks for having us, especially on space number 69. I just realized that. That's fantastic. Nice. Dude, I, I can't wow. believe we've, we've done that many of these. <laughs> it's been a while. There's way too many hours of us doing this. Very happy that these spaces could do something my wife refuses to. <laughs> What, listen to you listen to you speak for two hours straight. <laughs> I think we have enough to train the the Chad B AI by now, just to perpetually give Chad B answers to any potential question. It must swear often. We'll, we'll turn up the temperature. I don't even know if Chad GPT is allowed to talk about some of the stuff we're talking about, but maybe a jailbreak version. It is. It it is if it's talking about Worldcoin, but anything else, it's not allowed. The Chad B bot just says uh, whatever the hell the number is over and over again. But uh, thanks for coming up, guys. Uh, yeah, you, you want to get started and like like do you guys show if you want to uh, you know make the announcement of uh, of the, the shapeshift snap. It's a huge news. Awesome, it. Hey, you want to do it? <laughs> no, it is. I did not. I did not build it. So I think uh, I'm not. Not as I'm not. Not that I'm not qualified, but someone else deserves the the pleasure. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take that opportunity because it's a pretty exciting announcement, and uh, excited to share it with you all. That if you haven't heard yet, you can now use Bitcoin, Doge, Cosmos. ThorChain, and a number of other chains with your MetaMask wallet. You can use that on Shapeshift, and you can use that with all the features that Shapeshift supports, of course, including ThorChain swapping for cross-chain swapping. We finally brought that to MetaMask, even though we had to do it in a, a bit of a roundabout way. Uh, and also the ThorChain Savers Vault. So you can trade some ETH from your MetaMask or some stable coins for Bitcoin, deposit it right into a Savers Vault, or Dogecoin, if that's what you prefer, or Cosmos. Um, and it's a beautiful experience, um, powered, of course, by ThorChain in the back end, MetaMask, which is the most popular wallet, and the beautiful Shapeshift interface. So really bringing together some awesome technologies that have been uh, in the works for quite a while into a, a pretty uh, game-changing experience that hopefully lots of uh, new users are going to come finally check out and learn, learn more about ThorChain and Shapeshift. So huge props to the builders, DeFi Cafe, and the whole engineering team, and PastaGhost for, for building this snap something that we've been working on for over a year now. Um, and so we, we've been waiting for this day and uh, are super excited to finally be able to share it with y'all. Yeah, I think really pretty much nailed it. Um, it's pretty cool what MetaMask allowed people to do technically. So uh, for people that uh, sort of interested, I put a little bit of a thread out, but it basically lets, so MetaMask manages your private keys as a hot wallet and um, lets the, like, snap space be take control of those. So 
for the chains that like Shapeshift supports, um, and there's a, obviously a huge overlap there with ThorChain. Um, it, it allows us to you know derive those uh, keys and manage them for you know all of the old UTXO coins. So that's like Bitcoin and the forks, like Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Dogecoin, and then um, the Cosmos SDK chains as well. So yeah. Cosmos, the OG, or Atom itself, and from there, like, obviously, Rune. Um, technically, we can do uh, really any chain, um, but we've just decided to limit it for the launch to the ones that are supported by Shapeshift, uh, just to kind of avoid confusion for users there. But, you know, the ones that people want to use, um, namely, like, the, the big ticket item being Bitcoin there, people are able to, you know, come along with a few clicks, install the Snap, click a few buttons and then, you know, trade ETH to Bitcoin or back and forth um, with MetaMask or powered by ThoughtChain, which is like for for something that's just launched, uh, there's some rough edges, like, and it's obviously only going to improve on the like consensus side with the, the Snap architecture and API they expose, but um, just people being able to use Bitcoin in MetaMask is a, a huge step. So... Big shout out to like Parser Ghost down the audience there and also Games. So, um, you know, different engineering teams coming together to deliver both the Snap and then like all of the integration throughout the Snap. Um, and then, yeah, the UI to support that as well in the UX and Nine Realms team for, you know, talking about it and, uh, you know, obviously ThoughtChain for making it actually useful. Yeah, so you can pretty much do everything shapeshift with just MetaMask now, right? So you don't need any kind of external wallet. All you need is MetaMask, and you can access the entire multi-chain ecosystem at shapeshift. Is, is that right? Sorry, I only have the last couple of words of that. Shapeshift. Uh, <laughs> we heard you. Um, maybe maybe freaking Twitter space challenges. But basically, DeFi, they're asking if you can use all the functionality supported by shapeshift with MetaMask. And the answer is yes. You can do fiat on and off ramps. You can do trades, cross-chain. Uh, you can ask, access all the DeFi protocols, including like staking Cosmos or depositing into any of the savers vaults. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty comprehensive experience it, and feels a lot like using the, the Shapeshift native wallet. And it's part of why we were like so excited about this because um, you know we already had the Shapeshift native wallet that's open source and has been battle-tested in prod for years with over a million wallets created. We had um, this beautiful UI with all these great protocols like ThorChain, deeply integrated. So it was like pretty awesome when we heard that MetaMask Snaps was launching and that we'd be able to basically add support for, for Bitcoin to MetaMask, which is something we had talked about for a while. I see John is, John is in the audience. And I remember at a product work stream retreat, um, he was like, man, how cool would it be if we could like, is there a way that we could give Bitcoin support to MetaMask users? And I don't think we really had like a great clear path for, um, to do it. Maybe there were some ideas to like kind of hack around it, but we heard about Snap shortly afterwards, and we're like, "Holy shit! This is this is the answer. This is the ticket." And uh, yeah, Shapeshift was in a great great position to deliver it. And of course, the the integration with with Thorchain makes it all that more interesting. Like, not only can you receive your Bitcoin, but you can trade native. Uh, you can trade from ETH or other assets directly to uh, to Bitcoin, which makes it the best onboarding experience and uh, does not require. Users having to KYC or jump through a bunch of hoops to to get to get Bitcoin uh, into their MetaMask wallet. So I think I think the MetaMask team's pretty stoked um, on on the quality of the Snap and the whole experience that that we delivered because a lot of the other Snaps like did not have any kind of 
UI before, so they had to like build a new UI for everything. Um, but we already had like a lot of the pieces ready to rock. So pretty exciting. And yeah, I, for- I forgot to mention Bitcoin Cash earlier. So if you're a Bitcoin Cash fan, we got that too. Um, but like DeFi said, if there's any other chains that you guys want to see next, let us know um, because this is just the beginning. Yeah, we we're actually um, dusting off an old branch for BNB chain. Um, so we already have Bind Smart Chain, but we'll have BNB, tune, <laughs> BNB chain soon. Um, so yeah, expect to see that to come to the interface. That'll get us, I think, full parity currently with all of the chains that's supported by ThorChain. And yeah, like really said, works with savers and uh, lending is definitely on the roadmap too. Excited to bring lending into the fold too and add that as another another awesome feature for, for MetaMask. It's pretty cool if you think about like MetaMask and how many features they've launched over the years. Like Snaps is definitely a big one. And uh, there were, you know, 30 Snaps launched, so like 30 new features for, for MetaMask and the shapeshift example is like a ton of features just in one that just got added to MetaMask. So pretty pretty big news both for, for Shapeshift Thorchain and for MetaMask users as well. Yeah, and I'm sure as they look at how Snaps kind of develops and that ecosystem kind of starts to expand, they'll they'll see what features are the most most used, most successful, and like bring the most attention to the wallet and the most um, like user interactions, and just add the most functionality. And uh, you know, then hopefully those integrations, like like this this absolutely huge multi-chain integration, uh, ends up finding its way into. Uh, the, the wallet itself, which is like kind of, it's a great end goal to to be there. So it's like, ho- hopefully this is a great first step. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely amazing that this is even possible, and they were able to do something like this. Um, basically, just like make an app library for your for your wallet. Like, who knew that something like this could even um, could even exist like a couple years ago? But uh, now you got all these all these awesome devs building really cool apps, and uh, we'll see what like gets baked further into the wallet and just kind of um, you know gets that. That, that deeper just native served experience, like being able to see your Bitcoin balances like right in your wallet and just similar things like that. Yeah, hopefully this is a first first step uh, shows MetaMask like how much demand there is for stuff like this. And then that can just like pave the way for an even more like seamlessly integrated into their their UI and, and UX experience to be able to like manage Bitcoin and, and swap multi-chain and all that. Are you guys watching like... Um, like stats on this yet or like just to kind of track um how it's going so far or like will there be any like dashboards to see what's going on through through metamask specifically anything like that yeah we've got some mixed panel stats already for how many people are using it um not as many as we expected so like i guess the best thing that all of the thought chart listeners can do is like basically spread the word about this i think part of it is like it sounds like a scam like it nearly sounds too good to be true it's like bitcoin in metamask um but yeah, if anyone wants to go like rile up Bitcoin maxis and ask them why they don't want to hold some Bitcoin in MetaMask, um, I think that's a, a pretty cool way to get people talking about this. But um, similarly, like the, the Doge community as well. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people. I know that the wallet support for that's so not ideal. And like, you know, MetaMask holding stuff in Hot Wallet has its downsides, of course, but there's a lot of people that are kind of comfortable with that. And, um, you know, spreading the word to, to those people and just like lowering the friction, especially with whatever like, is happening on X and 
Elon being a big dog coin proponent. Um, I think, yeah, if people just like kind of get out and spread the word or just, just try it, um, you know, and, and see what you think. Like it's, it's very new. Like you guys were saying, um, I think it's cool that we've got like, uh, such a functional thing from end to end where it's not just like, you, know, you can hold it, but you can actually use savers. You can do swaps. Uh, you can do everything that you would normally expect to be able to do with a wallet so far. Obviously there's some limitations, like there's no hardware that wallet support yet. Um, as much as, you know, like past looked into this deeply, but it's just not supported upstream. Um, I'm sure that's something that we will um, down the track. Similarly on like a technical level, like the snap is not allowed to manage the EVM chain. So there's a little bit of a rough edge where it's like the wallet that you connect in MetaMask uh, and that can be hardware manages the EVM stuff and the snap only manages like the UTXO chains in Cosmos. Um, I'm sure consensus will, um, like hopefully loosen that requirement in future so that, you know, people could build stuff like a signing adapter for Ledger or like Kiki, for example. And, um, you know, that becomes a, a pluggable part of the model too. But yeah, like I think it's still a really cool start and just people, more people need to try it. And, um, you know, we're more than happy to hear the feedback on what you think or how it could be improved like within the limitations that we've got at the moment. So speaking of those limitations, I do, I like uh, familiar cows idea of like, could we have more, maybe a more integrated experience directly within MetaMask in the future? Past, I'm curious, you, you probably have the best insight into this. Um, can you talk about like what's, what's available currently with the, like what you can do inside of the MetaMask extension UI, uh, as well as potentially if you have any insights into what's going to be possible down the road? Sure. Uh, at the current time, MetaMask uh, provides a limited UI toolkit for snaps that uh, sort of restricts us to, um, we've got some flexibility and layout of confirmation dialogues and all of that, but we can't really build rich integrations directly into the, the MetaMask UI just yet. Uh, speaking with uh, Christian Montoya some number of months ago, that's certainly on the roadmap. Um, but the delivery date on a more comprehensive uh, set of tools to allow for de richer UI integrations is TBD. Uh, additionally, um, it is to the best of my knowledge that they do intend to provide support for uh, the develop uh, for integration with hardware wallets and the development of arbitrary plugins that are more deeply integrated with the MetaMask internals, of course, without uh, uh, compromising uh, secrets that are held inside MetaMask. But again, that's that's some date down the road so as of now you know we've integrated with metamask as deeply as we can um we are up to date with the current state of the art as far as the tooling available through metamask snaps and hope to stay up to date uh in the future as uh, as further toolings rolled out super cool it'd be great if like one day they they just add um pretty robust to support and for, for customizing the UI in there. And if we could like lift some of the existing Shapeshift UI that's already super smooth and, and mobile responsive and, uh, and drop that like right into to MetaMask. We'll be sick. So we can hope and dream and, and make those requests. And uh, yeah, like, like DeFi was saying, the more we can raise awareness, the more we can um, uh, make, make this multi-chain snap, the top snap and, and get a lot of adoption. And uh, I think the more willing that uh, MetaMask team will be to, to support functionality and, and requests like that. So tell tell your mom, tell everybody about this multi-chain snap. Told your mom already, Willie. Oh, yeah. I, I phoned her up the second uh, <laughs> you guys released. Is Sorry there a... 
is there an app is there like a, a leaderboard or whatever you could see the most downloaded snaps and you can kind of get a, a sense of which snaps are like getting a lot of adoption versus the others just because i'm kind of curious now like how the others are, are faring in comparison to the shapeshift one yeah it's a great question so i got to hang out with a lot of the snaps team uh, and permission list this past week and uh for sure um they, they kind of hinted um Definitely, I think we all saw that like the, the, the multi-chain snap got the most attention on crypto Twitter. We'll see how that translates into like actual users. But uh, Montoya, the senior product manager, said that the, the chain snaps, the snaps that add new chains to MetaMask are getting the best results so far. Um, seem to be what people are most interested in. And uh, they don't yet have a dashboard ready, but they're working on a dashboard uh, that they'll be able to share publicly. So... Stay tuned, and we'll be sure to, to share that with the, the Thor community when that's ready. Pastor, you'll probably know the answer to this. Is there any, I'm guessing the snaps are completely isolated, um, and there's no, like, kind of uh, API that can provide to each other because I, can, I can't see any specifics immediately, but it'd be really cool to be able to, like, compose these things together. Like, I can see a future where people have multiple snaps installed that each have their own, like, separation of concerns and specialities and like together they work together as kind of a suite of things yeah that definitely could be interesting uh as of right now each of the snaps is sandboxed entirely uh to avoid you know sharing of secrets between snaps but i can definitely see a use case for allowing snaps to communicate with each other uh via an api provided through the snaps interface so uh, I definitely think that's something we should uh, raise to Montoya and check and see if that's not on their roadmap already. By the way, for the uh, Shapeshift team on, on the call here, uh, uh, Lena just pointed out to me that you guys are using a like 10 block uh, interval for your streaming swaps on, on ThorChain. And I don't know if you guys have saw it, but we, we did some like treasury testing we took like 14 or 15 trades at 100k swap, 100k um, value uh, in different directions of different assets. We found that even doing like one block intervals actually maintains, you know, the same price execution in the end, and it's obviously 10 times faster on the streaming swaps. You're exposed to less um, price volatility like during the, the course of the, the streaming swap. So something to, to investigate or to, to spend some time kind of considering of like. Uh, changing the uh, the policy around like what is the streaming swap interval for trades on Shapeshift? Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, we've got a draft PR in progress um, right now. I would expect that it probably land in about twenty four hours. Um, I actually just tweeted it in the thread below with uh, some screenshots and stuff. So um, absolutely, we we started there to just get the streaming swaps out as a starting point, um, but. Appreciate that, like feedback on it, and where like we will implement that to to tighten those up. As soon is the answer. Yeah, I, I just told them that actually earlier today. Like good good timing, Chad. I was thinking the same thing because I, I saw one of the uh, the big uh, stream swaps that came in earlier today. I think it was uh, two hundred and eighty thousand from uh, Ether to to Bitcoin. So another. Like just obviously great volume churning through the network there. So then uh, I was like, oh, 10, 10 block time. We, we can cut that down. We can make that at, at least three times faster, if not 90% faster. Yeah, speed is definitely key here. Like it's, it, it's just make everything much more efficient. It's just better for everybody involved, really. 
Uh, can you speak yeah, to like, the, the memo list stuff? I was looking at your like um, issue that you'd posted like two months ago on um, GitLab on, on ThorChain. It looks pretty feasible. Um, I can see a few like interesting bits with like how that registry is going to work and stuff, but might be worth talking about what that could, what that's going to bring for people, because we can easily implement that. Yeah, um, that is something that's like going to be planned for version like 122 to be released out. That's the current plan, at least. Um, my plan is that I also want to spend some time building like a like a, a Golang API backend that utilizes that basically registers memos for people that that anybody can like download that code and run it for their own UI. If you just want to use it for a shapeshift, for example, it's perfectly fine, of course. Um, but that's just going to make it so that people can make, you know, trades and swaps without needing to, to connect a wallet and you can just do it from any wallet in the world. doesn't matter what it is. That's pretty sick. Reminds me of, um, of the OG shapeshift, which, um, clearly people really like that experience. And, uh, yeah, we've not, we have not ever been able to bring that back because it requires like contract interactions or, or memos. So super cool that you guys are building that. Maybe we can bring back like the. The shapeshift classic experience. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it was a funny thing that um, I think it was Plan B on Twitter was like asking for this feature the other day, uh, just out of pure coincidence. And how like he didn't want to use Thorchain, he didn't want to use ThorSwap, he wanted to like just be able to have a get an address and sense of funds, and that was it. And that's exactly what this is supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's kind of got a commonality with snaps in the sense that like it's the, the thing they both share from a UX perspective is lowering the friction for people to do this stuff. Like they could have done this already with our native wallet, but it means, you know, they could have imported the same secret recovery phrase into MetaMask or our native wallet and done the same thing already. But the friction of using MetaMask is so much lower. And it's the same deal with like the memoist stuff. It just means that any wallet just becomes a regular send. So we'll be sure to, to punch that out as well. Yeah, one of the actually the, the additional benefits just to keep on your the back of your minds as you guys develop these like UIs is that like you can also use this feature to be able to utilize like very long memos on very like on chains that have very small memo limits. Like I think uh, Bitcoin's like 80 bytes is the maximum memo size you can do on Bitcoin. So if you wanted to do like a, a longer memo on Bitcoin, you can now do that via uh, memoless transactions. So it, it kind of actually expands the usage of the network in, a, in, a, in more, more than one way. Wow, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, finally, some improvements to the, the, the Bitcoin protocol. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, curious, does this work with the streaming swaps as well? Yeah, it works with everything. So it's just it's just you're just registering a, a, a memo, and that memo can be a swap with streaming swaps. It can be opening a loan. It could be uh, adding liquidity. It could be you know like arbitrarily anything you want it to be. And so it supports all aspects of the network. Super cool. I'm very excited about that. I see a question from Tigerix uh, in the in the thread um, asking about Segwit native address support in the MetaMask snaps. Um, Pasta goes, can you speak to SegWit and SegWit native in, uh, in the snap and uh, when that's coming? I will mention that uh, we do support SegWit and SegWit native for the, the other wallets that Shapeshift supports that support Bitcoin. But I remember there was some challenge with, uh, with getting it into the snap. Hopefully not a, 
an unsurmountable challenge. So. Yeah, so since SegWit and SegWit native uh, support is already added to the underlying HD wallet native signer, that's the same signer that's in the uh, that's uh, the Shapeshift native wallet is built around. Um, it's just a matter of uh, a bit of code wrangling in order to get the support added to the snap. Uh, so the answer to that would also be soon registered trademark. Yeah, that's one of those old MetaMask limitations. It's like the was it like the zeroth one of the indexes in the one of those parameters in the account path passed on it's like we can we can do it but they won't let us that's right that's right yeah we just need uh an upstream modification in order to be able to allow that in the snap but the work to support it in the underlying uh, the underlying uh, signer is already there sweet that's awesome i also have a question from nasim around when can we expect support for DAI on Optimism, Arbitrum, or Polygon chain. We do have support um, for DAI on Mainnet, on Optimism, on Polygon, Gnosis chain. We got the XDAI. Um, the only one there that we don't yet support is Arbitrum, but I know that that's a, a very requested feature on the roadmap. And uh, maybe now that we're past the snaps, we can we can look at uh, prioritizing Arbitrum support. If anyone else knows that they have a better estimate for when that could be coming, let, let me know. But Definitely know it's uh, it's on the roadmap, and uh, at least we got support for Dai and a bunch of other EVMs in the meantime. Is that for Shapeshift itself, you mean, or for the Snap? Oh, um, well, so for for Shapeshift and the Snap, really, like uh, like Pasta mentioned earlier, only interacts with non-EVM chains. MetaMask actually wanted to keep uh, all the EVM functionality out of Snaps and keep that with the existing MetaMask experience. But yeah, so you can use all those with MetaMask on Shapeshift. I'm realizing now that maybe they were asking for uh, when those would be supported on uh, on Thorchain. Somebody has a question for for Thorchain crew. Yeah, that's another student with a registered trademark. Uh, I I don't think that, like Binance Smart Chain just shipped, and I think that took about a year to finally get out. Also, by the way, I think it might it might actually be like ready to go, like as in right now. It seems like the outbound transaction fee was just just set. Um, so hopefully BSC is like ready to rock and roll now that, um, you know, we got the gas issues and somewhat fixed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the answer for new chains on ThorChain is it takes a long time and it takes a lot of court. It takes a lot of dev work and coordination and obviously like LP capital and stuff like that. So let's see how BSC goes and let's see if we get like, if we get a lot of liquidity, if we get a lot of trade volume, then, uh, then like if BSC is wildly successful, then yeah, maybe we, start going wild on some more chains, but if BSC is kind of low volume and, you know, not really pulling its weight, then uh, that might pump the brakes a little bit on uh, new chains being integrated. If there's really is an appetite for uh, people LP. Cause it takes a lot of dev work and testing and, you know, just general coordination to get this kind of stuff out. Yeah, totally understand. A ton of work goes on behind the scenes, especially when adding adding new chains, and especially when adding them to a to a network as sophisticated as as Thorchain with the so many validators that need to coordinate. Um, go, so go shapeshift and lending, <laughs> that, that's something I want to see. So you guys, uh, you guys working on lending? Yeah, we had um, product officers today. We got to see. Um, pretty cool sneak peek of the UI UX mockups that um, products put together for lending, which are super sexy. So it's definitely happening. Um, DeFi, do you have any idea around like what the timeline, are you willing to, to put a timeline out there or do you want to um, just keep it at soon TM? 
Uh, let's keep it soon, TM. There's some sneaky people sitting down in the audience that um, can make that decision or jump up and share if they want. But um, yeah, it's, it's soon. Looking forward to it, man. It's going to be very exciting to, to bring that to Shapeshift into MetaMask. Another feature that reminds me of, too, that uh, we don't yet have on, on Shapeshift for ThorChain, but that um, I know we have a lot of requests for, uh, is the DEX aggregation functionality. So like being able to swap from any asset on ThorChain to any ERC-20 with liquidity uh, and vice versa, which could also be another really compelling feature um, to, to bring to, to MetaMask with the snaps. Um, DeFi, have you guys looked into complexity of, uh, of that one? That one's not too difficult, and it's something we should really consider prioritizing as well because you're just punching on like an, another little bit on the memo as well. Um, definitely something we can do. We just have to kind of scope out um, where we're going to route that after ThorChain. Um, but yeah, certainly something that's it's tractable. Um, it's just a matter of prioritization. Fox, yeah, so much, so much exciting stuff to build. And um, I think uh, just worth mentioning basically that like for anyone who doesn't have the context, feels really good for Shapeshift to be doing cool shit again. Um, like we, we used to be pioneers and that was pretty awesome. And then, and, you know, we pioneered when transforming into a DAO, but then we also had to spend like over a year and a half, basically rebuilding the existing Shapeshift, which if you guys remember was, was already integrated with ThorChain, but was centralized and was not open source and uh, chose to basically rebuild that. A lot of that from scratch, we, we reused a lot of great stuff. Um, but we, we built a lot of like the UI from scratch and, uh, took a while and like meanwhile you guys and everyone else in the industry were like evolving while we were just rebuilding so it feels pretty awesome to finally like be past the the parity stage with the new open source app architected for full decentralization to be caught up with a lot of the great innovations that we've that we've missed up on or at least be catching up on them and then starting to to ship really cool new stuff so love to see it and uh, yeah props to the whole shapeshift community on that one by the way, if, if you're interested in doing uh, dex aggregation, this kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken, if you like pull up on the swap kit API that ThorSwap put together, it'll do all the calculations for you to figure out what is the different routes and what's the most efficient or you know efficient route for for a particular like multitude of trades to get a, a certain input to output uh, you know um, execution going. Uh, it's pretty interesting uh, API. Just check it out sometime. Yeah, we could definitely get you guys together uh, with some ThorSwap Chad devs if, if you guys wanted. Also, that what came to mind on that too is um, that question about other chains and L2s and stuff. But um, ThorSwap is working on adding that through Stargate and still being able to string it together in a single transaction. So that got me thinking maybe that's a route to getting those uh, even as far as into MetaMask and still... Uh, still doing like one one TX swaps to and from all these assets. Definitely doable because I think we've got some trade routes that ThorSwap doesn't have, like LiFi, CowSwap, um, obviously like zero X and one inch are effectively going through the same liquidity pools, just uh, potentially different routes. But yeah, we could um, punch those on, and we'll definitely take a look at the the. Thor swaps kit stuff for doing that as well. There might be some stuff we can leverage out of the box there.
like a lot of everything kind of boils really what you were saying before is just removing friction and this MetaMask thing just kind of, it's the same evolution of the same concept, just removing friction. Yeah. You could just do it in one wallet. Not that you couldn't just do it in one wallet before. It just wasn't the, you know, the number one most downloaded browser extension. So it, it just kind of just abstracts that complexity and just makes it easier for a user just to not have to download and uh, take care of all these different all these different wallets, which I'm sure a lot of us have spent a lot of a lot of time and, and energy and, and heartbreak trying to like figure out which which wallets to use for for different coins and like making swaps. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's the most like down, downloaded wallet out there. So um, and that's pretty, and that that goes for pretty much every feature of blockchain. It's all about just a, like abstracting complexity and removing friction, which are kind of like two sides of the same thing. Dex aggregation, just making it easier to go across multiple dexes with with one hop, uh, and mem- memoless transactions, making it easier to. You don't even need to uh, account for the wallet when when making a transaction. It's completely um, agnostic of of wallet. Or streaming swaps, making it easier to split up trades so you get better price execution. Just, just breaking up friction and making it easier and easier to use all, all these uh, on-chain things. And um, I mean, at the rate that everything's evolving, like it, it's it's just really cool to see uh, just you know how kind of like feature complete everything is getting, and just like getting like a, a really really tight experience all the way around from like the wallet side to making things like wallet agnostic to making the swaps really good to making the execution really good to like adding more and more chains to then making it so you can just loop between dexes and, and things like that. Um, it's all kind of an evolution of the, of the same co- concept and uh, pretty much everything that's being delivered in the future is like also the same, just abstracting complexity and just removing, removing friction. Yes, sir. Couldn't agree more. We're, we're all about that. And it's awesome to see just like piece by piece, more friction getting eliminated. We're definitely, definitely moving in the right direction in terms of like user experience and functionality, even if the markets don't show that right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool to think about like not only are we building a more a more transparent um, and trustless financial system, but also like we're on a path to actually make this stuff easier. Um, um, and then, you know, even the centralized TradFi. So, going to take some time like these are it's obviously huge ambitious stuff that we're building but pretty awesome to see these these communities continuing to deliver and uh and listen to to you all to to our to our users and communities and uh yeah like it's important stuff it's hard work but we're, we're doing it and uh awesome to see like it's a, a huge step forward i think a lot about too like the you know probably a lot of you on the call might have multiple wallets you might have been in the space for a while but I think um, you know a lot of users that have joined joined in the last cycle or since then. Um, there's a good chance that they started with MetaMask, and that MetaMask is their only wallet that they've had so far. Um, but you know, anyone who's who's entered during a bull market and uh, you know gotten hooked on all these cool different tokens and visions, and then experienced what happens to those tokens during the, the bear market. Um, you know, I, I think that turns convinces a lot of people to like actually check out Bitcoin if they if, they, if that wasn't their first uh, entrance into the market. So now those users finally can do it, and they don't have to go like create another wallet and um, back up another seed phrase that that hopefully they don't use lose. So super exciting stuff, and excited to see how they keep improving from here. 
one of the funny things to me has been uh, looking at people that are like, you know, really anti-consensus and they're like, like, oh my God, now, like, great. Now I can custody my Bitcoin on this, like, you know, spyware, like, you know, app, like whatever bad thing you'd say about consensus. I think, I just think it's kind of funny because it's like, you can, you can do whatever you want. You can, you can self-custody it in your own hardware wallet. You, you could, you know, just have a paper wallet. You could store the seed phrase in your brain. And then, <laughs> you, know, you know, like there, there's so many, you could, you could do anything that you want to, like, no forcing anyone to, to use a metamask snap or anything like that it's just making it making it easier for a certain type of user so i, I just think it's funny that you know some of the bitcoin maxis and uh just come out of the woodwork to just kind of uh, just shit on metamask a little bit i'm sure you guys have seen that too <laughs> totally i was i was thinking about that when chad was talking about plan b like uh oh we should tell him about the snap but like no way is he ever going to use use metamask so we always say at Shapeshift, like we don't really care what wallet users use, you know, as long as they're they're using, as long as one well, first of all they're practicing self custody, but then hey, as long as they're using Shapeshift or, or using Thorchain, we're happy. Um, so just again, trying to onboard as many of the masses as we can into this uh, into financial sovereignty. Oh, we need all the Thorchats to like just start trolling the maxis with the Copata memes and just put bulk Bitcoin in MetaMask and show them that you can, and they're just going to be upset about it because it's. MetaMask. It's like, no, you can't put the orange coin in that wallet. One of the things I, I find so interesting about uh, just kind of watching all this like unfurl over the last few days is that like there's this like natural tendency in the in, in our industry to be uh, to be like in, inclusive of like other protocols and other wallets and other dexes with other tokens and other liquidity and like and interfacing and interacting all these things together to work in a collective positive good for you know uh, humanity in one form or another versus like like kind of the more tradfi or cfi way of thinking where like you try to build an isolated system that only you know the people that you want can use that system that maybe you can create some partnerships or some other exchange or service or backer or blah, blah blah whatever it is but like it becomes just naturally competitive in a way that just like isolates and fragments like the the industry as a whole and and on in the inverse you have that you have like what thorchain's doing and what uh, shapeshift's doing and like all these different th things like utilizing different services for different purposes when it actually makes sense and freely moving throughout the system because everything here is permissionless permissionless and so like everything's just freely available it, it exists solely to be a public good and not to be like you know, to try to grab market share and become the dominant thing, whatever the hell that thing might be. It's just like, it's, it's a much more like utopian uh, ideal that, that like this industry is moving towards than the kind of like centralized TradFi, CFi way of, of thinking of like just trying to dominate everybody else. Yeah, I fully agree with that. It's like, that's where I, I can't, quite understand the reasoning of maxis of like bitcoin or eth maxis on on either side like they've kind of forgotten the fundamental tenet that we're trying to build something open and should be agnostic to all of this stuff and like eric Voorhees gets a whole lot of shit from the like bitcoin maxis especially it's like oh we we thought you were like the bitcoin god just like you were the bitcoin guy he's like no the the other things are cool too like it's um it's a strange one yeah, I always love it when I read like a tweet or something like this that's like yelling at Voorhees and like calling him like either shitcoiner or, or he's like, you know, he's turned his back on Bitcoin or, or something of this nature. Like I always just have to giggle because like 
the guy has been around for like 12 years advocating for Bitcoin. <laughs> There's like very few people in the world who have spent more time and hours than he has in like advocating for the ideals and, and what it is that Bitcoin does. <laughs> and to see people shit on that, it's just like, you're an idiot, man. <laughs> it's so true. It's like few people really can say that they love Bitcoin more than, more than Eric. Definitely a few, few of these maxis. Um, so it's, it's just hilarious. And he was like the first, one of the first maxis to actually realize like, oh shit, like this Ethereum chain is actually pretty cool and can do some things that Bitcoin can't do. And, and Bitcoin community doesn't seem like they want to do. So um, definitely give him props for doing that when it was, when it was not popular. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel bad for all the trolls he has to put up with. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember this shit, but I'll, I'll never forget the, uh, the, I think it was a clubhouse you guys did for the the launch of multi chain chaos net. I think uh, I think you Eric and then some of the I don't even know who else was on, but uh, you know, and just a bunch of guys. I, I, I just have a very distinct memory just because it's clubhouse and clubhouse just got instantly killed by like you know fifty lines of this shitty code on on uh, on Twitter for Spaces. Uh, but that's just a, a good memory for me. Listening to you guys talk about the the very very early days of the the chaos net launch back in like April 21. Oh yeah. That was a hundred years ago. Honestly, it feels like it. Yeah. Big F in the chat for clubhouse, by the way, the biggest flash in the pan of 2021. I mean, it's still around, right? It's still doing its thing, I guess. They actually moved. They're like a voice messaging app now. That's, that's what I heard, at least. So that's what I see on the tweet sphere. They've uh, they pivoted. I thought this was Clubhouse. Is this not? Are we not on Clubhouse right now? Oh shit! It goes to show that you never want to build a startup or a company out of a feature. It just never works. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter proof doesn't even need to be good. Yeah, those network effects are, are hard to build and hard to overcome, uh, much harder to build than, than just a feature, that's for sure. Hey, Chad, while well, you've got a couple of minutes left, do you want to um, mention Akio at all? Oh, yeah, I, I, I really want to hear about Arkeo and Shapeshift, especially like how Shapeshift is going to use Arkeo. But yeah, can, can we like run through like what Arkeo is and then like how Shapeshift is going to use it? Yeah, I mean, so Archeo was in, in many ways kind of birthed from Shapeshift in a sense. And uh, in in the attempt that, that Shapeshift has been doing about like going from a, a centralized corporate entity and moving towards a DAO, which is a very complex and, and you know, a lot of moving parts like process. So I might tip my hat to them for sure. And, and one of the aspects that they were kind of having a difficult time fully decentralizing is how do we get our Shapeshift UI that connects to various blockchains and, and you know, receives uh, data or tries to transmit data or whatever, how do we do that in a way that's decentralized? And there's really no mechanism that exists today that, that, effective, that, that does that effectively well, right? Especially in Shapeshift's case, because they couldn't just use something like an Archeo, uh, like a pocket network or a Lava network because um, this, the, the structure of that data wasn't you know, quite what they needed. They wanted to use something like something called Unchain, which kind of gives you more kind of intricate or complex queries that you can make on top of like Ethereum queries or Bitcoin queries or what have you. And so uh, the concept of Archeo kind of was, was, was kind of birthed from Shapeshift's need to, to figure out a way to, to fully decentralize the UI of, of, of Shapeshift. 
And so, uh, you know, early people like John and, and, and Michael Perklin uh, started to work on this and, and they asked me if I'd be interested in, in contributing and, and joining that, that kind of that goal, which to me, I found it to be a critically, critically important thing to do. Like it's, it's almost a, a, a joke today that um, we, we as a community get, kind of pride ourselves on decentralization, but in reality, 90 something percent of the projects that we even utilize today are, are not even remotely close to be to be to be really to be have the, the a proper title of, of decentralization and that's largely because like the back ends tend, tend to be decentralized to some degree at least depending upon how it's implemented but the front ends are never are right this this none of them are today uh, not not a one and so uh, this was a hugely significant problem this is a lack of infrastructure a lack of fundamentals in the industry you cannot build web3 and and tout its importance and how amazing it's going to change the world but then in the same sentence say but it's reliant on web2 to function which means it's not actually permissionlessness it's not actually sensor persistent because at some point there's some centralized service that could shut the whole thing down depending upon what thing we're talking about so it was it, be, it became very clear and obvious to me and i think obviously to the shapeshift team as well that we this is a problem that not only a shapeshift needs to solve for itself but the industry as a whole needs, needs a solution for this particular problem. And so uh, for me, we started working on an, an, an architecture and design that how do we structurally and properly decentralize access to uh, blockchain, like data and information. And that's the, really the first phase of, of Archeo is trying to, to accomplish that goal. It relates to SNAPS too. Um, under the hood, the way Pasta implemented this is, um, yeah, Obviously, we have to get the gas prices. We have to be able to get balances. We have to be able to broadcast transactions. We have kind of a more decentralized way than relying on nodes as a service at Shapeshift. That we don't use the inferiors of the world. We have our own um, run by a community member. So it's like more decentralized in this stuff. But ultimately, all of those transactions going through the snap, you're um, at mercy of us, we could we could censor your transactions. We're not going to. Um, but like Chad was saying, it's um, DAP front end access, be it Shapeshift or ThorSwap or MetaMask, two nodes um, is a choke point. It hasn't really happened yet, but we saw it with like um, post tornado cache with certain nodes choosing not to do this. But like. Archeo really solves this problem of um, decentralized access to node data, which is really cool. And like, I can also see putting that kind of futurist hat on that it doesn't just become node data, but it becomes like decentralized access to compute. Because I think this is kind of what Pocket was trying to solve. Um, and decentralized access to compute has really big like free speech implications and is something that the powers to be really don't like. But you know, as a first step, being able to, you know, broadcast a transaction, but not to any specific node that you have to rely upon or have access to, um, is a really big, um, you know, step further towards, uh, or further down that decentralization spectrum. Cause there's always that trade off of, um, you know, we tried to use tools like fleek, for example, which were hosting the, the front end on IPFS, but, we, we had downtime issues that offset the decentralization benefits. So 
um, it, it's just cool to see that this is solving one of the serious choke points in the space and it'll, it'll have benefits for, you know, not just us, but the, the broader community. Yeah, one of the funny things, if you think about it, is that like a lot of projects, and I would say 98% of projects in crypto don't build decentralization. Like they don't actually manifest or do anything that is decentralized themselves. They usually just rely on the rails of something else providing decentralization for them, right? Most commonly, it would be like Ethereum providing the decentralization of running smart contracts on, on like on Ethereum or Polygon or whatever. And so like, like, like Uniswap, for example, has never built anything that's actually decentralized. Like, they never built their decentralization aspects to their protocol. They just rely on somebody else to, to provide it for them. And we've never had the ability to have the rails, the equivalent rails for, you know, interacting with, with blockchains, deploying UIs, uh, removing things like uh, uh, um, domain names, right, which are also highly centralized as well. So it's just like there's no rails that exist for the rest of the stack outside of the smart contract itself. And that's what I think is one of the, the problems that, that I see RQ kind of solving is is taking up the the rest of the, the the full stack that is, you know, a Uniswap, that is a shapeshift, that is a uh, a compound or a Thor swap, and give them simple and easy to use rails that are just as easy to deploy your application in a centralized way as it is to deploy it in a decentralized way. And once those two things are equivalents, it's, it's just easy to deploy your UI in a way that's decentralized versus decentralized. It becomes hopefully clear and obvious to our community that like, why would you want to deploy it in a centralized way? Why don't you just do it in a decentralized way and then don't have to worry about anybody coming on to your door, knocking on your door and saying that you have to KYC your users, which is what uh, many people in Congress have been talking about the last six months or so. And that just kind of removes the risk from you as a, as a developer in, on Uniswap or Shapeshift or whatever, because it's outside of your hands of control entirely. It really feels like, a... oh, sorry, one last comment on that. It really feels like an escape velocity thing too. Like until those tools meet parity in terms of like developer experience of like, can I do the same thing in a more decentralized way? It doesn't make sense. Like that's the kind of problem that we've had. But once they do, it's like, and, and they eclipse it by just 1% or even just reach that parity of like, I can get decentralized node data um, just as easy as I can get centralized, you know, for the same price and same effort, then there really isn't an alternative. Like there's no reason not to. And the, like the adoption would just go parabolic on any of these parts of the stack that get built. That's next. Those are both excellent points. And basically, DeFi, I think you said pretty much what I was going to say. Basically, that like it really does. Like everyone loves decentralization. Everyone wants decentralization, unless it's harder or more expensive. And then oftentimes we see people just take the the cheaper or easier route. Um, until and then they find out, oh shit, we we actually really needed decentralization, but we we didn't prioritize it enough. So um, awesome that like Arkeo is finally making that easy and available, so that not everyone has to build it themselves or. Um, do a super difficult, complex integration. Um, and as far as I understand, like Archeo, because we'll have this whole network of data providers, basically like competing with each other to provide the same types of data um, in similar structures or the same structures. I wonder, like, is it is it 
possible that um, it would be even cheaper um, as well as easier for uh, for Adapt to basically like get their data from from Arcio because all of these uh, data providers will be forced to like compete in a very open marketplace. What do you think about that, Chad? Yeah, one hundred percent. So if you look if you look at it from a very basic economic perspective, there's there's at least two components of supply and demand, right? And so if you make it so that the 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 amount of supply has increased, right? Because right now, if you want you know data from Ethereum, whatever, you have a handful of options. It, you know, Impura and it's you know Chainstack and it's uh, Alchemy and whatever else, right? And you've got kind of a handful of these options here. And you might just go with the extra effort that, that Shapeshift has done and just kind of like build your own kind of thing in a matter of speaking. But like when there's only a handful of people who are providing the service, well, that means that's, that changes the supply versus demand. But if you have a lot more supply, right, because it's very easy to spin up your own, you know, Archeo uh, data, data provider stuff and, and provide uh, Ethereum data. Well, all of a sudden you go from five options to 50 options or 100 options, whatever it is, right? And once you have a, a kind of an influx of, of, of supply, the price inherently goes uh, goes down, right? Because the supply is increased, demand is more or less the same. And so it's a natural thing for that to become extremely cheap. And if you take it even to an extreme, if you want to take it even further, on Arcio, data providers have the ability, if they choose, to provide a free tier for their access to their servers, right? So maybe a, I want to say, all right, I'm going to give people like, one request per minute for free, right? And based upon IP address or something like this. And then if you have a hundred data providers on the network, so to speak, and they're all more or less doing the same thing, well then you can, if you're you know a light enough user, you can utilize this data for free. Now you've actually gone like not like spending, you know, thirty or fifty, fifty dollars a month paying in Fura, whatever the hell the number is, uh, you've gone to basically literally being able to operate UIs for entirely for, for free. And it's not being charged to Shapeshift DAO or Uniswap's, you know, foundation to pay, you know, large sums of money every month to to propose to provide that data. It becomes a much more kind of like uh, uh, self-reliant and, and like um, self-sufficient way of operating, which is part of what I consider Web3 is just not relying on, on somebody else providing something for you, but you actually providing everything you need for yourself. Is there any uh, like date to, I mean, obviously you guys don't have like a date planned out or, or anything like that, but like, how's the development going on Archeo mainnet? Like what, when can we like expect to actually um, see something that we can use? Yes, we, we launched a testnet uh, about a month ago. Uh, the code from a coding perspective is, is pretty much there, right? I'm sure there's bugs. I'm sure we'll improve things over time, but like, we could, in theory, just launch what we have now tomorrow on and launch a mainnet, and and people could use it and start like you know gaining value. Of course, there's like more polishing to do, and there's like probably some dashboards to be built, and you know we need to do some more wallet integrations. We have to build block explorers, like kind of this ancillary stuff. But fundamentally, like the core protocol is 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 pretty much uh, you know fundamentally finished and what it needs to go, to accomplish at least for phase one of this of this project. Um, and at this point, it's just a process of like mostly around biz dev. So myself and another um, another um, member of the team have been meeting one on one and video chats with various uh, uh, providers and, and DAP producers and this kind of thing, and just trying to build the the marketplace, right? Of like get more supply, get more demand. Let's kind of grow that actual market itself. 
and over the next you know few months and that's a long kind of like tenuous process and it'll, it'll take you know many hours over long periods of time to, to kind of build that market but that's kind of the main focus right now we should be hopefully launching like mainnet and actually launching the token and doing the airdrop and all this kind of stuff i'm hoping we'll do it within the next like couple months give or take some uh, but right now it's not so much about building the protocol right now it's just about building the economy around it Awesome guys. Any other stuff we want to bring out bring up about um, yeah, Thorchain Shapeshift? Or any anyone want to come up in the audience has a question? I just responded to a question from CEO.thor, hashtag Maya Protocol. Is Shapeshift planning to make Fox a revenue share token? Uh, so I commented a link to talk about Foxy, which is a value accrual mechanism for Fox that is live right now. Uh, so there's a Twitter thread attached on that. And then also, um, it's a good time to plug Shapeshift Governance. We've got a couple of proposals live right now. It's actually a counter-proposal between DeFi and myself, um, and the community gets to decide. So yeah, baby. check it out. Both of those proposals aim, proposals aim to increase revenues and add ability to Fox tokens. So we'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on this. But most importantly, go and try Panama's snaps if you haven't already. Tell your dog, your father, your mother. You don't have to tell Willie's mom. She knows already from Cal and I. But go and try the snaps. Tell us what you think. <laughs> yep, she's well aware. Um, yeah, download it. Pluto um, made a great video. <laughs> Sorry, Willie. Of the... Uh, uh, you know, I can't even think anymore. Just download the snap, all right? That's all you need to know. Download the snap. Pluto made a video that says how to use it. it takes takes five minutes to set it up. And uh, yeah, and if if you're trying to onboard someone onto uh, onto Thorchain and start making their first cross chain swap, this might be an easy way to do it if they're someone that's native to uh, like a lot of Ethereum dApps, but um, you know want to start doing stuff with Bitcoin or whatever else. Um, seems like a great way to get started. App.shapeshift.com or Shapeshift on the App Store or Google Play. Go and try it. So by the way, on the ThorChain side, while we're waiting for people to come up and ask questions, um, we should be uh, coming out with version 121 of the, the Thor, Thor node code, um, which I think the, the most important thing or the biggest thing that that has is around um, enabling streaming swaps for savers and for loans, which will be pretty excited to see that to see that kind of finally land and kind of encourage l larger trades or larger uh, savers and larger loan uh, borrowers, which are pretty great. And the other thing that's really I'm kind of excited to see in this particular release is to see um, uh, key gen retries, and so people should uh, have a lot more tries per per hour in another sense to get to try to do a successful key gen, which has been a kind of a, a pain point in the, the network uh, over the last few months, but this should hopefully uh, make churns more smooth. Yeah, it's probably relevant to very, very few people, but yeah, that, that's an important thing. And obviously savers streaming is like one of the, it, it, that, that, that's huge. You, you can deposit pretty much whatever size you want into savers with, with five basis points of slippage, so. Right. And it and also helps people to keep the yield they earn, right? If, if you jump into savers and you earn like, you know, a couple of percentage points and then you spend it all on like leaving, then it kind of defeats the point in some sense, right? You don't actually 
get your you don't keep your yield in a matter of speaking because you just give it back to the the other LPs of the network. So this kind of allows you to kind of more uh, more accurately to be able to keep the yield you generate while you've been sitting in savers. Is streaming into lending uh, with 121 as well? Yes, it is coming in, in there. It's a little bit different though because the the lending uh, streamings are, streams are like are they have a, a limitation of how many sub swaps can happen in, in a in a loan streaming swap, which is different than how it works for savers, and it does that to, in a in an order to like be um, to react to volatility correctly in the interest of the network. But generally speaking, it should you know give everybody as, as many streaming swaps as they need in a normal market conditions. Super, super awesome stuff. We we love the streams and uh, are excited about about lending and streaming coming to all these awesome features. So, I got to drop, but I just wanted to give huge props to the Thorchain community um, for building like such such amazing tech. Um, that you know the snap the snap would not be nearly as cool if uh, if you guys hadn't built the Thorchain protocol. Amazing to see how much awesome stuff you guys are able to continue shipping. So, thank you guys, and and uh, yeah, it's a pleasure building with you all. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Willie. Thanks for Chad's and Chad and Chad. Thanks, guys. Yeah, do we want to uh, we want to wrap it up? I don't know if there's anything else that we uh, really got. Yeah, unless somebody has something in the audience they want to ask, we can wrap it up. That's a nope. Looks like no requests. We covered it all. The request for Willie's mom's number will be declined. <laughs> I just got it off the bathroom door, you know. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, chatting. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for Let's chatting. Do it. Thanks all. Later. See you guys.